and carry the show where we don't just report on fringe science spirituality and claims of the paranormal but take part ourselves yep when they make the claims we show up so you don't have to i'm ross blotcher i'm carrie poppy and we are back at cdp4 next day it's now sunday we're back at one o'clock you were driving again and we got there like almost half an hour early that's right. We, I went and got a big burrito. You watched me eat oh, my burrito. Oh, that's right. You did. You did. You mm. got a veggie burrito. Mm. Yeah, it was good? Yeah, and it was fine. I had eaten. I don't remember what, you guys. I'm sorry. Normally, you're so good about that. Yeah, usually I'd write it down on here <laughs> or something, but I don't remember what I had. So we got back in time, start the class. One woman had gone missing from the previous day. So there were only six of us. Not like gone missing, gone missing. Well, we don't know. Oh, maybe. maybe. Maybe gone missing, gone missing. I haven't seen her since. Yeah. Maybe like that lady who was found on The Bachelor. Anyway. I don't, yeah. There was a lady who was missing and then she, she was found because she was on The Bachelor. Oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, what a story. I'm kind of overblowing it the way the headline overblew it. But oh, I'll okay. let you guys all now go read it and be like, oh, that's three quarters true. No. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we deal in 75% truth. <laughs> anyway, you know what CDP is. It's the Consciousness Development Program. And it was held at the IAC. You know what that is. That's the International Academy of Consciousness. And you know what a holothocene is. That's an energy imprint in a space. And the IAC has one. And you know what class this is. This is CDP for part two, except we came in and on the board, what did it say? It said CDP... Part three. So yeah. they did not know. Yeah, it said class three, evolutionary parameters. We both were like, class three? Huh? We were debating whether we were going to see our old friend Neil again. Right. But no, it was Maria for a second day. And boy, that woman, she's a great volunteer. Boy, no kidding. I would love to have her volunteering for my cause. Again, as we discussed last time, I would assume there was some stipend or something. Uh-huh. Hope she's getting many crowns in heaven. Or well, yeah, or in the intermissive periods. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so she let us know that yesterday was really the pinnacle of the CDP4 oh, yeah. program. I felt pretty sad when I heard that. Yeah, because <laughs> oh, you, you were hoping it would get even better? Well, yes, not practically speaking, but when you actually hear that, like, oh, you achieved as much the as you probably will last us. night, and all I had done is touch my forehead with my hand. Right. I got to look at my phone in my ethereal body. <laughs> oh, but right. But we did learn a lot of... Things in this class that we had been told they couldn't have answered for us before. And throughout our various classes, they would constantly be referring to that like, well, we may get to that later. We'll explain that in CDP4. Right. So, all right, here's the chance. Yeah, this is all the secret stuff, you guys. This is OT3. So, one person had asked how we evolved consciousness to begin with, or where did consciousness come from? And Maria was very happy to admit that we don't know for sure. And the helpers don't tell us. So the correct answer is just, we don't know. Yeah, we're not going to make guesses. And the helpers are vague about that. Fair enough. Yeah. We talked a bit about evolution. 
first she was talking about evolution and plants and animals that they do have levels of consciousness right so they are somewhere on that continuum the plant is living but has less consciousness than the cat but cat is living has less consciousness than you she says but here's some cdp4 specific wisdom that we can give you now without you even having to go there because we showed up and that is the question of aliens and extraterrestrials yeah, said okay all right you've made it all the way here so we can tell you that we're probably not originally even from the earth yeah we're transplants they didn't use the word panspermia but the idea is that we came over here at some point and there are these various planetary neighborhoods that you can visit in your out-of-body experiences so they put this under the umbrella of universalism you're describing i guess just this federation of planets or, or whatever you would want to call it yeah. They didn't have a term beyond that. I don't know how this happened, but I missed that entirely. Oh, really? I be- I totally believe you because that's very specific. Yeah. But I feel now like I was blacked out and given forgetness serum because this is so... I don't know what you're talking about. Really? <laughs> yeah, right? Okay. Do you think that this memory has been removed from me? <laughs> that wouldn't be my first thought. I'm, I, I'm just looking at my notes. No, I, yeah, I believe you. I wow. just wonder where I was. Yeah, where did you start up? <laughs> You, you must have been, is this what you're doing? Are you leading up to being evolutionary paracomatose? Yes. Oh, okay. So you were just evolutionary paracomatose for a moment. Oh, I see. Yes, he says. No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. I wasn't intentionally doing that. No, no, no. I okay. thought you asked me that if that was what was next in my notes. That, well, that was the term that we were introduced to. Yes. Which so, has 11 syllables and 24 letters all told. Wow. Yeah, that's a I had lot. to count just because I thought, well, they're so multisyllabic here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do we need all of this? How many syllabs do we have? And so, I mean, I also, yeah, what does this mean? Evolutionary comatose, a rigid way of seeing the world. Yeah, like not awake, not spiritually yeah, awake. Not woke, right. Yeah, exactly. So people who are given to extreme nationalism or religiosity. I like those examples. Lack of questioning. But they said that it's like 90% of the Earth's population. Yeah, she definitely said that. And high intelligence does not correlate with a high degree of evolution. And that's where I think it was Gun Lady. She yelled out, there can be smart Nazis. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're (laughs) correct. Yep. Okay. And then we also learned, I I guess, Oh, it's weird. They say 90%, but everybody is that way at some point. So it seems like a very fuzzy line because they said, Mm. oh, even we can be evolutionary paracomatose from time to time. Right, right, right. So I guess it's like 90% of people are always there. Right. They don't even know glimpses of glory, that flash of lightning. And the mental images this gives me of these kind of mindless drones and zombies across planet Earth reminds me a lot of like the tone scale in Scientology. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Wally. Or (laughs) Wally. First half is a great movie. (laughs) Totally. But the second half has B&L, which always makes me think of Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, interesting. Also, evolution came up again, I think. You raised it. You asked a question. Well, she, because she kept saying something about the consciousness evolution of like plants versus animals and stuff. And then I thought like, oh, wait, are you literally talking about natural evolution now? Okay. And that's why you asked the question. Yeah. And so I asked her like, we're talking about spiritual evolution, right? Not physical evolution. Which I thought was clear, but it sparked an interesting conversation. Um, Your question. Yeah. So she said, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, the, the spiritual evolution. 
And I said, so do you think that we did evolve alongside primates? And a woman from the audience just said, no. Yeah. Was that also Gun Lady? I think so. It might have also been Oh, Gun Gun Lady loves to insert herself wherever she can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has very strong opinions, and you're going to hear. As a gun owner would. Maria seemed to kind of poo-poo actual biological evolution. Feels like a red flag to me that we've used and co-opted the term evolution to Mm -hmm. begin with. Yeah. For me, that's like, "Mm, you're taking a well-understood scientific principle Mm -hmm. and turning it into something else and confusing everyone. So if they ever try to learn about this good chunk of science, they're going to have concepts mixed in their heads. Right. Bad. Bad. Stop it. (laughs) She said she was pretty sure that when we were on the other planets, we were in our complete form. Yeah, she wasn't willing to completely sign off on that. But that was kind of the way, well, the way she is, she kind of equivocates with everything, but yeah. Yeah, and so she kind of stepped back from that. So she wasn't willing to say exactly what state we were in when we came to this planet. Mm -hmm, But but probably. Boy, those similarities with primates seem awfully convenient. Yeah, it's like so both genetically and and physiologically Mm -hmm. in terms of comparative anatomy. Hmm. You got a lot of splaining to do there. It's like you make you make one batch of cookies and every ingredient is the same except like there's walnuts. And then you make another one and all the ingredients are the same except instead of walnuts, there's chocolate chips. And you're supposed to tell me, you didn't make them from the same batter? Exactly. You did. That is the best analogy. Thank you. It's good enough for me. <laughs> the movie Interstellar shows how our concept of time is so limited. Another movie recommendation from our friends at CDP. Oh, and then <laughs> another woman said, or the Mandela effect. Oh, right. Very helpful. Yeah, I'm not sure how that was related. It, oh, it was to show how like uh, time overlaps. Time isn't linear, man. Oh, right. You it's, can't even trust your memories of the past. Because Well, because they think... The past is changing. Well, they think the Mandela effect is evidence of uh, split like... Universes. Universes interacting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't uh, catch that, but I, I know I've heard people say that. And her whole point about Interstellar is that time is just so fluid. And I was thinking like, oh, okay, no, but... No. Mm. It was dramatized in Interstellar. It doesn't mean that our time is so variable here on planet Earth. Sure, sure. They were trying to explore the extremes of what could possibly happen around black holes. Mm, I haven't seen the film. Oh, you haven't? Is it good? It's worth seeing. Okay. I'll say yes. A B. Solid B. Solid B. All right. Totally. Oh, I'm going to get so many messages from people <laughs> who, whose lives was were changed B- by Interstellar. Right, or who hated it. And people who aren't that spiritually evolved, it doesn't mean they're bad people. They're just not contributing to evolution. I wrote either she truly doesn't know the answer to this and she's waffling, or the IAC has a theory and she's not ready to share it yet. Oh, about which thing? Just the time dilation and our evolutionary past and all the, mm. just the answer she was giving, there was something that felt like she was almost trying to skirt it. Oh, she, interesting. She okay. To, uh, but I wasn't sure. You were waffling on her waffle. Exactly. You <laughs> said double stack. Then we learned a new term, ordinary intrusion susceptible. So yes. that's holding a holothocene that invites energetic or extra physical intrusion. So it's kind of yeah. opening yourself up to almost possession, kind of their version of possession right. by bad spirits spirits or people because one of the examples she used was if you have like a guru or a therapist or religious leader who's like trying to control you then it could be because you're so intrusion susceptible okay yeah all right yeah oh and because the cult leader or guru or whatever they have a holothocene of power 
That's like that Christian De La Huerta fellow when he was talking about the guru mentality at yeah. Rhythmia saying, oh, if he says the sky is purple, well, the sky is purple. Right. That's just someone who is an ordinary intrusion susceptible. Uh, he was speaking at Rhythmia, wasn't speaking about Rhythmia. Correct. Just put that out there in case he listens. <laughs> All right. And then we learn about multidimensionally informed. That means that we can be aware of what's occurring interphysically and energetically. And become more para-aware. Para-aware. Uh, so if you meet somebody and think, oh, I feel like I've met them before. We have just this immediate kinship. Well, mm. that means you're just multidimensionally informed. So you may remember, oh, we had this past link oh, together in a previous right. live. So you'll start seeing things like that in your day-to-day life and sensing. So it's really the opposite of intrusion susceptible and being paracomatose. And everyone in this room is at some stage of multidimensionally informed. Right. Or why would we be? Or why would we be here? Exactly. Exactly. It's proof. I'm feeling a real connection. We've just said like the same things. Whoa. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, if you're multidimensionally informed, you might start seeing people's faces morphing a little bit because spirits are influencing them. And so taking over their face, it's all normal. That just earned them an extra creepiness scale. <laughs> For sure. Point right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, gun lady. Hey. What about personal responsibility? Which is exactly a question a gun owner would ask. It's like she was, I don't know, maybe in her early 40s, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, attractive woman. Yeah, real beautiful she, redhead. Uh, during a break, she mentioned also that she's a dancer. Okay. Uh, so ballet of bullets. What? Com- coming from this lady. Oh, got it. Got it. <laughs> I thought that was already a saying. She's just an interesting character. Yeah, yeah. Very opinionated. But so she asked about personal responsibility mm-hmm. because she's thinking like, well, if if it can always be explained as this person is being overtaken with a spirit, then like I just always have to accept whatever they're doing because they had oh. no control over it. Oh, right. Okay. Um, the question of free will. Yes. And then Maria nodded in agreement and was like, exactly, yes, exactly, exactly. So you can actually talk to the spirit and tell the spirit to go away and just make it face you. And I'm like, no, no, no. She means the personal responsibility of the person... Oh, not the spirit. And then and Gun Lady was like, no, no. Well, I, I think maybe they're kind of agreeing. Like she's saying you can sort of exercise that person's demon and say, get out of her. Foul. Right. But that's what Gun Lady doesn't want. Oh, she wants personal culpability. Yeah, exactly. So she uh, doesn't want it to she ever be wants bad. to know the person she's shooting is <laughs> right. Exactly. Tru- truly guilty. Exactly. OK, fair enough. We learned from Maria that things are not so black and white and yes or no. There's lots of gray here, which could be written on her tombstone. (laughs) Uh, But she was trying to stop us from asking questions. I think we were getting carried away. She wanted to get back onto the coursework. She let... Probably someone said something interesting. So she was like, no, 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 no. I have 12 more vocab words. So Macaulay was allowed to ask one more question. He wanted to know why he has a different meditative experience in different places. So then... Maria threw this out to the crowd. She said, oh, well, you should have learned this in your earlier CDP. And I will admit, I was flummoxed. I didn't know exactly what the answer was. But you, you were right on thank it. Thank you. I said they all have different holothocenes. Bravo. Uh, no, thank you. sorry, brava. Oh, is it better? That's just the feminine form. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, and uh, then she said, well, you know, I was going to give you guys a hint. This starts with an H, but it looks like you didn't need it. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the class. <laughs> Carrie earned her A right there. 
All right, so next my age. we get back onto the topic and we learn about lucid energizers. Lucid energizers. Doesn't that make you picture a really bright-eyed energizer bunny? No, oh, sure. Like super wired. Yeah, that's yeah. Picture. So that's someone who has an understanding of how energy works and has decided to use their knowledge to help others. Yeah, sounds so good. Kind of a self-actualized person who has learned this stuff. But, but I, like, I need another term for it, Carrie. <laughs> oh, well, they also do something called the penta. So you can also call them pentas. Which is a beautiful contraction of personal, personal energetic, energetic task. task. So the P of personal, the E-N of energetic, and the T-A of those words are put together to create penta. And that's someone who, I guess, works with the IAC and actually signs up as a volunteer like every day between these hours, typically at night, like from 10 to... 10 to 1, you pick one hour. Yeah, you'll pick one hour. And I will be putting out my positive energies to help people in bad situations. And you can even email... The Penta line. Yeah. And they're like a prayer group, essentially, like a bunch of prayer warriors who will put out these energies into the world to help whoever. They want you to send their names. Their addresses. And their addresses. Just that a few times. Yeah, because they said, well, otherwise, we don't know if it's your Bob Smith or someone else's Bob Smith. Right. So name, address, and a description of what's going on. Send that about your close personal friends to Penta at IACworld. Oh, you're going to say You're going to say it? You're giving it to everybody, all yeah. our listeners, mm-hmm. so they can now give all their prayer requests uh-huh. to the Penta line. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's on your head. <laughs> I mean, be nice. Yeah. Always be, be nice. Be nice. Okay. But yeah. make sure to include an address and a specific request so that they can help with energies. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But this was something important we learned. Don't let the subject know they're being pented for that's right because then they'll contact the iac and poor volunteer marie is going to answer the phone and the person's going to say i haven't gotten my miracle yet i'm still miserable what's happening and i haven't paid my medical bills are they praying for me have they have Have they sent out their energies their energy donation nowhere was the word pray used i just keep thinking of a prayer Uh line but yeah (laughs) can you hurry them up can you have them do it again i'm not sure it was effective all my problems have not gone away and it seems like this is a thing that happened exactly once (laughs) okay yeah that's how it felt to me very very likely oh to be a penta you have to be at least 36 years old oh that's right you and i could not be president before you are allowed to be a penta i am a young president but i cannot be a penta yet (laughs) so if you want to do the penta which you can't because you haven't been trained but here's what you would do you lock yourself in a quiet, dark room. Okay. Sometimes you're awake. Hmm. What? All right. And you shove out that energy. And the helpers come and get it and they deliver it. Cool beans. And we didn't get more direction than that because we're not ready. But Maria is in a preparation phase to become a penta. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's it. She's putting in her hours teaching these classes. Maybe mm. that buys her... Penta points. Mm-hmm, maybe. Also, it's really important that you don't just start donating your energy willy-nilly, sitting there in the room, donating energy, and no, then stop. No, no. Oh, you goodness. fucking do it every day. If you can't do every day, do no days. Oh, it's that's just right. like blood. Right. If you're going to be a penta, none of this, totally going to be a penta. And, oh, yeah, do, a and do it for stuff. two weeks and then stop. Right. 
And what the fuck is wrong with you? The analogy she used was something like setting up a free sandwich shop or something. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody shows up to get their free sandwiches and they're like, where's my sandwich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Where are you? Yeah. I can't. You're supposed to be here at three o'clock. Right. Actually, I think it might have been medicine in the developing world. Oh, okay. And then, oh, we also talked about feeding wild animals. I think you brought that up. So feeding oh, yeah. So stray cats. Because her example was like a little strange and I was trying to translate it to something that actually happens. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You can make someone dependent on you like the way you're not supposed to feed feral cats or you'll end up with like a thousand feral cats oh. and you're actually keeping their population going. Blah, 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 right, 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 right. Well, also sense. why you don't feed the bears at Yosemite. Right. They need to have their own but natural feed waste. feed the pigeons. Feed the birds. Yeah. Tuppence back. Tuppence back. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? I thought there was a sandwich shop in there somewhere, but I could maybe be there was maybe that. it was sandwiches in the developed world. Maybe that was the example. Okay, that would make anyway, sense. Anyway, yeah, moving on. The so, point is, you can't just go one day and then stop. You do it every day. We get some tips from Maria on detecting intruders and externalizing energy to encounter them and cleaning out bad energy. So one woman said, oh, does that mean I don't need to pay like $300, $400 for someone to come cleanse my house? Yes, it's always meant that. You have never had to do that. So then Maria tells a story about a woman that her family paid like $500 to come and oh cleanse the house. And she said she did a very good job, but oh, right. did we need to spend that much money? No, probably not, because right. we could have done it ourselves. And that lady came and she waved around sage and things. And you don't need that. That's a crutch. It was really just because she had great intentionality and she could feel energies. But anyone can do that. It was around here she used the word focalized instead of focused. I think you'd walked away to the bathroom for a bit or something. But then she did actually laugh at herself and said, oh, I'm starting to think in Spanish because I'm about to go visit my family. So uh, maybe okay. focalized sounded more like focused in Spanish. Hmm, okay. Now, did you know that if you are ever in your home and you send out energy and you just kind of feel something off on the side, you're like, eh, there's something else in this room. There's some sort of interloper. Yeah, sure. Uh, happens all the time, right? Well, all you have to do is have the helpers assist you in asking them to leave and they will. Cool. She also mentioned around here that you can clean up like skin blemishes by evening your energy out. Like if you have even skin blemishes or weird growths under your skin. Oh, weird. Bumps or oddities that those are evidence of energy not being evenly distributed in your body. Oh, how strange. Yes. Yeah, okay. So I thought, wow, there's a very physical claim. Yeah. So, oh, what is that weird lump under my skin? Oh, I need to Some people call this a tumor, but not me. She said it's evidence of energy blocking. Uh. That doesn't seem good. Seems like you should <laughs> nope. go to a doctor if you have a bumpy poo. Yep. Okay, cool. And, we figured not, it out. Not just do velos. Now, when you have done a lot of this energy projection stuff, you mm -hmm. will become a veteran projector. The veteran projectors, they've done these techniques for a while, mm -hmm. and now they're working on existential tasks like rescues. She gave the example of a soldier standing guard Somewhere in, you know, 1600s or something. Mm -hmm. He gets hit by an arrow, but he doesn't even realize it. He's dead, and he just perpetually keeps guarding the wall. So if you're a veteran projector, you can then help him, kind of like in the cleansing example, you can help him realize his proper space in the evolutionary realm, and he can... Say, you've got to go. You've got to move on. He can move on. It's yeah, just yeah. like Ghostbusters, essentially. I was thinking it's kind of like Ghost. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. If you advance enough, if you evolve enough in the system, you will eventually become intrusion free. Intrusion free is also like the sixth sense. Sorry, one more ghost reference. Okay. One more ghost film <laughs> reference. So this is when you are thosenically perfect. I think she said someone who's so thosenically correct. Oh, yeah. okay. I may have I may have turned that into perfect in my mind. And this reminded me of in Scientology being at cause. Oh, it reminded me of being clear. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so someone who's so thosenically correct, which means, of course, that you think and feel the right things. Sure. Mm-hmm. That extra physical consciousnesses are uncomfortable around you. Uh-huh. This was an interesting concept. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're just this radiant being of cool cucumber collectedness. I just would have thought like some of the extra physical consciousnesses, the good ones would be like, you know, oh, you're going to help me. But no, it turns out you just become too scary, like like a doctor. Like, good well, for, back off. Good for them, but they might be scared of you. Like, like a, a doctor? Like, well, I was thinking like of the little baby when they like see the doctor and they're like, ah. Oh, okay. It's like, it's ultimately good for you. Well, we learned- or the vet. Ella hates the vet, but she's got to go. It's good for her. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. So we learned some really important words here that'll help clear things up pathothocenes and orthothocenes which i just love because they have thotho in them so pathothocenes are bad yeah they're toxic yeah they're pathological that's what that's short for and the orthothocenes are well like orthodontics they are straight they are correct correct or orthodox and since they're thocenes they're thoughts and sentiments so yeah sentiments so yeah, your orthothocenes are your good thoughts. And Thank goodness you have a word for that now. Right. <laughs> I asked a question at this point, especially when we were talking about the intrusion-free people. I wanted to know if Maria had ever met anyone that she would describe as this paragon. And you know, how common is it? Have you met anyone outside of the IAC who would be described thusly? Or do you have to really do this through the IAC? And her immediate answer was none. Right. What? Yeah. She's like, oh, I've met people who are close, but you really have to be able to be completely, thosenically correct for... 20 years. 20 years. She specifically said it takes 20 years of no intrusion for it to count as permanent. Continuously. Yeah. She's like, so I've met people who have done it for like 12 years. They're close. This is really interesting to me, though, because like you enter the system, that's when you even find out there are intruders... You start seeing the intruders. You've like invented this concept for yourself only to try to get rid of it. And just the fact that they don't even have anyone within their organization who can claim to have attained this. Yeah, which is rare. I mean, like with clear and stuff, definitely they point to the people who have made it. Though those clears in Scientology can't actually do the claimed abilities. But yeah. Right, of course. Point taken. It it seems like it's the equivalent. They don't even have them. Someone asked if the Dalai Lama might potentially count as someone outside the IAC. Right. And she's like, oh, maybe. Maybe, possibly. And then, not gun lady, but the other woman was like, well, I mean, if you're in that system your whole life, like, how would you even, basically, how would you ever do anything bad? Oh, yeah. Huh. Okay. (laughs) Maybe a stretch. Also, did you know that when souls are lost, they often look 20 to 25 years old because that's when they were at their best in their human form? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. And I still Uh, (laughs) So now I picture like all these intruders and stuff just being 20-somethings. All right. Yeah. 
Not how I usually see a ghost. Unless they die younger than that. Then well, I guess. sure. Then we learn about veteran helpers, and they are extra physical mentors. And, and, and that's just another way of saying helper. So I guess she even prefers now, or the IAC prefers the term extra physical mentor, mentor. instead of using the word helper, because helper implies that they are servants. Yeah, they're not just there to serve you, she warned us. They're They've got their own existences as well. Right. And then there's also the evolutionary mentor, who's the mentor to the extra physical mentor. <laughs> Oh, wait, is that the one we learned about yesterday that had all the, the multiple terms for it? The, oh, yeah, I think so. The evolutionologist. I think you're right. That was my favorite. <laughs> what is this one? So we already knew about the existential mentors who are also evolutionary orienters who are also, what'd you say? Evolutionologists. Okay, but this is the evolutionary mentor Borrowing words from evolutionary orientors and <laughs> extra physical mentor. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so confusing. They're the mentor to the extra. Why does anyone need this? Now I'm picturing dementors from Harry Potter. Yeah, especially at this phase of like, I got my arm slightly dislodged. <laughs> yeah. How is this important? Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Was that the extra physical mentor or was that the evolutionary mentor? Because <laughs> oh I'm going to need to know in the moment. Yeah. Huh. Then there was another creature <laughs> to know about. This might be our favorite. This is confusing. So it was called Homo sapiens, open parentheses, Serenissimus, close parentheses. And here's my note for it. I do not understand. Ross, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) These are extreme serenity beings. Uh, Extreme serenity. Serenity now. (laughs) She said that we don't use the word love here. We say affection. I can't remember uh, what that was in reference to. Interesting. But that was around that time. But oh yeah, she gives us some traits of the serenissimus, which I guess is a German term. Right. So I looked that up. You found like a I silent film a, from the 20s. Yeah, a silent movie from 28. 1928 called Serenissimus and the Last Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> but what I could glean from that was they're in many dimensions, Serenissimus. Okay. And they have really high orthothocenes, of course. And apparently the, the original word itself means lord, if I remember. Ah, okay. Like it's, a, it's a rank, a title. But yeah, they are and, high on cosmoethics. Right. Uh, bioenergy. Lucid. They have catalysis. Catalysis, yep. What is that? I guess they Veracalyst. cause change. Yeah, yeah. okay. Multidimensionality. Mm-hmm. Sustainability. Right. So they're good for the environment. Okay, great. You cut one serenissimus down, you can plant a new one. <laughs> and they're anonymous. Oh, assistentiality. That's where we oh, learned. Oh, good. They have high assistentiality. That's where we learned that wasn't just a, a misspoken word mm-hmm. the previous day. Uh, yeah, this was all on a slide. And they had all these terms, and they were in little groups of three, and they were connected. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, so are these kind of progressive? Are they connected to one another? She said, no. There you go. Not going to exit. A bunch, of, just some bunch of terms referring to the traits of a serenissimus. But she said... It's very important that they're anonymous. So right. like Jesus was not one of these because right. he wasn't anonymous. So they have to have an extreme lack of ego. So that's why right. we wouldn't even know who they are. Right, right, right. Same with Buddha. Yeah, because he's a household name. You know name. who he is. Right. As soon as you come up with an example, 
That example's not right because you know who that is. So, Carrie, how about Baba G? Is nope. He... Oh. Nope. Know who he is. Bam, 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 bam. What about that guy I saw walking by the other day? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Possible. Yeah, you're on it. Isn't that interesting? And also, a Serenissimus, by the way, can stop the sun. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What was this? Like, the presence of a Serenissimus could throw us back to the Dark Ages? Yeah. Okay. I did get this. She said because they're so powerful and they can stop the sun and like what would happen if the sun stopped in the sky you would be like holy shit what's going on and you might start worshiping whatever oh that that's right yeah that we would immediately start worshiping this and go back to superstition yeah this is so an explanation in search of a phenomenon (laughs) yeah yeah. there's nothing that needs explaining with the concept of the serenissimus right but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this feels very religious without the robes. It really does. And the tithes. Okay, so like, so the sun would stop in the sky. We wouldn't know who did it because they're anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. Oh, yeah, well, good. Someone does. <laughs> then we learned about the state of free consciousness. Yes, this is where you don't have a body or even a shape. So let's say you are like Elon Hubbard. You've attained everything you can. You've done all the experimenting that one might with one's physical body and you leave your body. So that's when you are just purely energy and ideas. There's no forms. There's no shapes in that state. Just shot out of the canon of life. Free consciousness, man. Hey, Carrie. Ross, is it? Yeah, I'm Ross. And I want to tell you about your old friend, Brooklinen. Oh, me old friends, Brooklinen. We used to ride the rails together. I don't know <laughs> is what this accent a quote from this something? is. No. Okay. Well, I think all of you probably consider Brooklinen an old friend by now. Ah, yes. Because first name Brook, last name Linen. We ride the rails. <laughs> Brook Linen is the fastest growing betting brand in the world with over 20,000 five star reviews. Oh my God, the fastest growing religion, you say. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we both use Brook Linen sheets. If Brook Linen was a religion, we'd investigate it. We would. But and it's we'd be not. Like, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> right. They were actually founded in 2014 with the mission of bringing luxury sheets. To everyday life. Sheets don't just feel great, but they also look great, too, with different colors and materials to choose from. Yeah, baby. I slide into those Brooklyn and sheets, and I'm like, A, this is way better than riding the rails, which was very uncomfortable. Brooklyn and has really come forward in her life. and Those then, were the salad days. Exactly. This is our salad days. Good days or bad days? They're good. So, no, these are the salad days. Well, but it was wild and carefree. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, now yeah. you and Brooklinen have matured. Now it's more of just a, want a good night's sandwich sleep. day. <laughs> and uh, yeah, loving them sheets. They're soft, they're silky, they're pretty. They're good sheets. And brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Oh, shit. They can get $20 off and free shipping when they use the promo code Oh no! at brooklinen.com. And please shout that at your computer <laughs> as you put in the promo code. <laughs> see people yeah, quietly typing that. Oh, no! <laughs> Brooklinen is so sure that you'll love your new sheets that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. So the best way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use the promo code Oh no! <laughs> at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code Oh no. Oh, sorry. Oh no! <laughs> 
Glad you're all awake now. We were saying. Oh, now we learned some CDP4 specific knowledge. Yeah, this is going to be the biggest info drop you get. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Hey, Ross. Yeah. Is there a God? Nope. Oh. Well, there's no real evidence for a God. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we're just told this. Uh, Yeah, there's a collaboration of teams of consciousnesses that kind of perform the actions of a God, but... The idea of a God doesn't even make sense, and why would there just be one? And that doesn't mean we're atheists. Oh, yeah, she made a big deal of this. We're not saying we're atheists. Because someone had said... Oh, oh! So you're an atheist? And she's like, "Oh no, 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 no! I just don't believe in God." That reminds me of the Julia Sweeney letting go of God. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, she's talking about her mom saying, "But I, I mean, it's okay that you don't believe in God, but to be an atheist—that yeah. <laughs> is kind of the definition." There. Right. Yeah, this is one they didn't want to drop on anyone right off the bat. So if you'd asked in CDB one, two, or three about God, they would have said, "Oh well, you know, we might get to that later." Yeah, I think one of us might have asked it, or someone else might have asked it a long time ago because it sounded familiar. And I think they did. I think they said, oh, you'll find out. Yeah, because I think this is something they worry could turn people away. Well, these people don't believe in God. I'm not going to I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, pay $130 for, for these sure. classes. And Maria said that. She said, you know, sometimes people find this out and they say, okay, but not for me. And that's fine. We let them go. Oh, yeah. I asked here whether karma gets tracked by anyone. Right. The whole Akashic record yeah. sort of thing. Who's, who's got the ledger? Right. How does the universe know that you have a debt? When you believe in a god, you can be like, oh, okay, you know, he's does, got the rule book. Does it use blockchain? It is controlled by you. You have the record in yourself. Hmm. Stored in your mental soma. Yeah, or something. Okay, yeah, she said that there is a system, but we don't fully know how it works. So uh, I think she was kind of offering a bit of her own speculation mm, on okay. on that one. I asked about, because we had talked about this earlier between you and I, and she's introducing all these crazy terms. And so I said, is there kind of like one central thinker, an author, an originator who kind of came up with all these ideas? Right. Because I wanted to know. Because that's what I was trying to ask her the day before when I said, well, how do you know all this? Right. But your questions seem to get a much more specific answer. Right. I was going for the jugular because I wanted to know who (laughs) is your L. Ron Hubbard? Who is your Ellen White? Who is your... Uh, discoverer and founderer, your Mary Baker Eddy. And she said, this was really interesting because I was waiting for the shoe to drop and for mm-hmm. her to say, oh, well, actually, Luis Varga is right. our sacred lord and originator of all right. knowledge. But she said that many people have been involved. This IAC started in the 1980s in Brazil, mm-hmm. and the group came together because they wanted to be scientific about studying all of these astral levels and everybody kind of contributed and there's various authors and they all added their own pieces and that's where the iic came from but a lot of these concepts she said have been around a really really long time they predate the iic and she mentioned some researchers wagner and robert monroe yeah i think wagner allegretti we've run into his name a few times okay who like influenced these thoughts as well and i know the monroe institute does similar work to the iac so that makes sense but they've done a good job of avoiding hero worship it hasn't yeah. become a cult of personality yeah, that's true yeah. that's that's not one of the big revelations in 
CDP4. They don't wheel out a big portrait of somebody and say, Paramahansa Yogananda. Right, right. Nothing like that. Then Gun Lady asked her, do the Akashic records exist then if there's no one keeping the ledger, right? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, sort of yes and no. (laughs) It's a memory of past lives that each person has. So again, it just travels with you, I guess. Okay. And then someone asked her, so why do we use all these different words? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think that was Macaulay. Okay. Good on him. And she said, well, you know, to <laughs> use the example of the disoma, the word death just has like a really negative connotation. You already have an idea of what that means. And everyone kind of accepted that. And I was like, well, that's just one example. Like, I don't, assistentiality doesn't make me feel better about help. Fullness. Right. You do realize this is number one sign of a cult. You start redefining right. everything and creating a whole new vocabulary. I know. And they're not even that culty. So it's like, you really don't have to do this obvious thing. Right. <laughs> right. It's strange. Also, another problem people were having was as she was talking about life plans, they were wanting to know how that gelled with free will. Mm-hmm. And so that became a big discussion that took us away from the curriculum for a while. You know, she was going every which way about it kind of saying, oh, well, you could kind of see it this way and you could kind of see it that way in terms of examples of how life calls you to do certain things, but then within that you can move away or toward it. And there's, I think her big answer for this was there are many ways to reach your intended purpose in life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be just one. So you're not constrained Mm -hmm. like, you know, a Calvinist. Mm, Right. And also you can choose not to do it because it's not like you're predetermined. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Someone asked her if there's such a thing as mistakes. And she said, yes, and they're good. Just like enemies or adversaries were painted as good things, so are mistakes. Yeah, yeah, you got to make those mistakes. Right, right. You know, it's how you grow. Uh, So fair enough. Uh, She said better not to stagnate, better to just go forward. I was impressed with Macaulay. He asked a question about whether anyone who's gone beyond and gotten to these other states has come back and told us details about it. Mm. And she just said, nope. All right. (laughs) Cool, cool. Uh, Uh, Yet again, as you asked, how do you know these things? Then Then I saw a very funny dog Instagram that I made you watch. Oh, oh, yes. And then I tweeted. I did show it to Cara later because that was pretty adorable. It's real funny, you guys. It's on the uh, Oh No podcast Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Probably from a very long time ago when we recorded this. Yeah, right. That's correct. Go find it. She recommended some books, like one that had OBE stories from outside the AAC to give us some breadth of experience. Mm -hmm. She showed us some slides advertising the upcoming classes. So you can take your International Academy of Consciousness experience farther and Mm -hmm. take the Advanced One class. So she was talking about this and she was kind of moving on. I said, okay, well, if there's an advanced one, there has to be an, at least an advanced two. Mm-hmm. And some of the others in the class are like, oh, oh they're clever. Oh, he put that together. <laughs> so how many advanced courses are there? And she said, oh, just two. So oh, there's, okay. there's one and two. So she was telling us how they take place at you know hotels and different locations. And if we wait two or three years, maybe we can go to one in San Francisco. Right. She was sh- showing pictures and one of them showed everybody laying down on these cots. Yeah, I think that was advanced too. And one of the women in the audience yelled out, looks like a cult. Yeah, yeah it looked like Heaven's Gate. Yeah, you clarified Heaven's Gate and it got dark. <laughs> you got, <laughs> okay. You brought the room well, really dark. That's the one. That's the one we all met. That the was the holothocene that you brought to the room. <laughs> Heaven's Gate. 
Um, <laughs> this is what she meant. Also, Maria mentioned that it's really important to demystify the OBE experience, which is also the name of their book, Demystifying the OBE Experience. I, I really like the word demystify because uh-huh. I like taking the mystification out of things uh-huh. and making them plain. And we but, use that at work for various courses. And so it kind of rankled me a little bit like, I'll stop using that term and oh, making it sound less meaningful. Right. Yeah, that's the thing is like, on the one hand, I almost want to agree like you are sucking all the blood out of this. So I guess in a way that's demystifying it. All right. On the other hand, and <laughs> yeah, you're that's taking you... the idea of me just like falling into a sort of trance-like state and adding all these levels of reality with helpers and whatnot. I'm not sure that's demystifying. Yeah, you're adding a lot of mystification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, good point. Oh, there's also a class called Goal Colon Intrusionlessness. And that course is only offered at the Portugal campus because you need a special architecture to do this oh okay so yeah if you want to take that course you have to go to portugal their headquarters there now you don't have to have gone out of the body to take these classes apparently a lot of the people who take the advanced class which you have to have gone through all four levels for have never gone out of the body so so, you just have to have the right amount of money and have done the prerequisites yeah but it's crazy that like clearly the majority of people are not getting out of the body right which makes you feel better on one hand and worse on the other like okay wait is this is this doing anything right so i asked her i said so at cdp4 how many students do you usually mm-hmm. expect to have gone out of the body good question thank you and she said oh it depends you know really some people are like this but some people are like this but you know if they go out they go out and if they don't go there and i'm like uh-huh so like out of six people like how many would you expect and she said one about one <laughs> so in this room we should expect one person right oh there was another class we could sign up for the qualification in ergosomatics and ergometry energometry, energometry. Yeah. yeah all right yeah totally and it had a picture of people sitting knee to knee and one of them was kind of making mystical hands like mm. i'm projecting energy at you yeah except for that it looked a lot like auditing and scientology mm-hmm. there's a lot of scientology crossover i'm yeah. sensing here i feel it too also at that class you learn consciential epicentrism so good there you go Good. i've really been missing that in my life now next week they have the psychic signals class and an ectoplasm class. class with wagner allegretti so one of their oh, their okay. big guys. So I would kind of like to see that ectoplasm class. Oh my gosh, yeah. So she puts up a slide and it's of two mediums from like the early 1900s. Oh, right. Sitting next to what is clearly a mannequin or puppet. But a creepy ass but looking But a creepy one. one. And someone says, what's that in between them in that photo? It's, its face looks all leathery, like tanned leather, essentially. Right. And it's that dark, grainy 1880s photography. And Maria said oh okay let's see let's look okay that is an entity that has physically manifested whoa hang on nbd hold up (laughs) like what this is never mentioned to us that all of these extra physical beings can just materialize yeah it's one of those things where if you really believe this was true you'd be like can you believe it yeah look at this photo it's actually a material representation of an energetic Right. Or wow. or this would have become a central part of the theology you've been teaching us in four levels of class. Right. Right. Or you'd be reproducing this. Yeah. Yeah. That's us. true, too. 
Oh, boy. Anyway, also, ectoplasm is not a thing. Yeah. Look it up. It, it, clearly, these were photos of people in the 1800s or early 1900s who were scam artists. Yes. Here's an important slide. It comes up and it says, practice, practice, practice. And we learn... Or should we theorist, theorist, theorist? <laughs> so we learn various things that we can do. And one is theorist. Which is theory plus practice. Oh, that one, stop it. That one bothers me. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah. Theorist. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like theorist. You're never going to use that word in any situation where it's going to be helpful. Yeah, no. Unless you're with another cult member. Right, right. Not well, that this, I'm not calling it a cult. I do use another that word. academy member. <laughs> academy member. Oh, man. <sighs> but here's what you can do for your theorists, you guys. You can do your velo three times a day, maximum of 20 times a day. Whoa. Yeah, that's a lot. Though Maria says she does it constantly. She said, I'm doing it I'm right doing now. I'm doing it right now. Well, I'm talking to you. Yeah. You can do it in the line at Target. That reminds me of like a, a woman bragging about her kegels. I'm doing them right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um, well, my pelvic floor is rock right. solid. <laughs> um, projective techniques. Projective techniques, yep. You want to use those while you're doing your theorists. And even assistance. You can volunteer or donate to the IAC. But do not donate your energy unless you can do it every Regularly. fucking day. Right, right. Uh, but to her credit, you can even volunteer for other organizations or people just in general. Yeah, they're like super not self-serving in that way. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Yeah, so we also learned that a lot of people don't get out of the body because they feel insecure or undeserving. No. Bummer. Bummer, guys. Hey, you are enough. If you want to leave your body... Go ahead and leave your body. You're worth it. Yeah. Someone was saying, ah, oh, you know, I wish these things had come closer to us. Portugal's a pretty far way to go for this kind of thing. It is. It's and, known for that. Yeah. And uh, Maria said the land in Portugal was actually donated. So that's why the biggest campus is there. Oh, All right. Okay. No, well, that makes and sense. And apparently it's not very close to any major city. And they said it's a very dry place. And so it's a big concern that they have enough water oh, yeah. and they only bring people in during certain times of the year because they don't want them to suffer the heat and dryness. Yeah, hardcore. Oh, interesting. So then we have one exercise before the break. Mm-hmm. We're going to velo with the lights on and with Maria walking around making distractions for us just to get right. a little bit of practice of doing it without those idealized conditions of darkness and silence. So, yeah, she kind of purposefully stomps around, opens up her water bottle, closes it again, makes tappy noises behind us. Whispers to the woman at the front desk. Uh Yeah, just kind of goes about her life a little bit. And I found this kind of easier. It's so funny. I think almost all of us like that better. Yeah, I I think there was one person who didn't. But yeah, five out of six. Right? Yeah. That's like the proportion of people who don't have a true out-of-body experience by the time they get through CDP4. Yeah, I felt I actually held my attention better, and I kind of liked the challenge of other things going on. My mind didn't drift as much because now I had a real focus like, okay, I need to keep this velo going. Yeah. And it was going. Yeah, I I found it uh, pretty easy to do. And then by the time we got to the next velo in a second here, I felt more amped up. And so then like when I closed my eyes, it was easier as well. That's a good order. Okay. So the next thing we did was an exteriorization. Push that energy out, you guys. Push it out of your body. Feel it going out to the corners of, of the room. And I was having some really strong exteriorization. I was picturing blue, purple energy slapping against the wall 
when I exhaled. Again, I think I'd describe kind of a similar energy the previous day, but then it kept changing colors. So then it was Mm. kind of chartreuse and then it went orange, but it was almost like paint or something. Like I was throwing paint out and it was Uh slapping up against the walls and coating everything and then coming back into me. Okay. Okay. And that's just how I felt my exteriorization. I was like, this is cool. It's working. Um, That's interesting. I don't actually see mine. I feel it, but I don't like picture a color. Probably overpowered by the force of mine, I'm guessing. Oh, sure. Well, I don't see yours either. No. But it does feel good. It feels like a warm glow. Yeah. And you do get those bodily sensations of tingling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we did (sighs) facial clairvoyance. Facial clairvoyance. Which yeah, we this one's fun. Before, yeah, but you look at your teacher in the in in a dark room, and you watch her face go away, right, and change and morph, and then she's staring at you. You mm-hmm. swear she was looking at me, right? No, no man, she's she, looking at me. no man, she was looking at me. <laughs> Afterwards, we discussed all of these things. That's how we know how other people felt about it. And yeah, you'll see weird things like her face will turn into a skull or an alien or you had one. I had two. Yeah. One was that she kind of looked like a Hannibal Lecter mask. Yeah. And she got really interested in that. I think she was disturbed. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I felt like she was was holding it in, like being very proper about it. But like, oh, so, huh. Tell me about, hmm, tell me about that. Well, I was expecting her to pass along and just not even mention it. Oh, right. You're a weirdo. You said I look like (laughs) Michael Myers or something. Instead, she asked you a bunch of follow-up questions. Yeah. So I saw the Hannibal Lecter mask and then I saw like Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. And you're like, but not in a, not in a bad way. Just like very, very confident. Uh, yeah. Very, very. Im- and I think she used the word imposing. You're like, yeah, yeah imposing, imposing but not good. necessarily evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not saying you're mm-hmm. evil. Yeah. Well, she's not and she should know. But there seem to be no wrong answers here. Yeah. And it's true. It was like. A severe, you know, presence, Mm. but not like I'm scared of you. Gotcha. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely saw her as kind of a skull-like figure and almost alien-like shape at times. But yeah, you stare. Alien-like, that's like Maleficent. Try it. Grab a buddy. Turn the lights down really dim. Stare at them for like five minutes straight. Mm-hmm. Weird stuff will happen. Yeah. Your, your whole vision will change colors. Like trying to blink. Right. And keep your head steady and your vision at the vision same place. Vision at the exact so same she, place. Yeah. She had us look at the tip of her nose. Right. And it was so dim. It was hard to fully make out where the tip of her nose was. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you approximate. And so your eyes just keep trying to figure out where to send that light. Right. Where, what do I do? And this doesn't get treated as, you know, just a legit visual phenomenon. It was real spiritual it is spirits and like which is funny because we have such a hard time breaking out of our bodies but for some reason this clairvoyance boom it works for everybody <laughs> yeah, that's true uh, without fail also like your eyes will jerk and then everything comes back into focus and you have to do it again right and i think that kind of gives lie to the situation um, if like <laughs> the right. quick jerk of my eye makes me not see demons or spirits anymore exactly and yes exactly and <laughs> i would notice also i'd get these just washes of magenta that would kind of coat everything so i'd have little waves of magenta overlaid on top of the room's colors yeah it's it's pretty fun to do but i think it happens to everybody without any preparation it also hurts after a while yeah that's true yeah there's probably a reason why we don't normally do that yeah oh she also asked if anyone saw her with a mustache yeah that oh yeah she I'm glad you remembered that right that would have been a great hit if someone had said yeah, yeah i was projecting a mustache so we should definitely note the miss on yeah, this yeah. one mm-hmm. she felt there that was nothing she felt that mustache energy on her upper lip none of us would take credit for the mustache i must ask you <laughs> did anyone see a mustache 
Oh, she also gave the same advice you just did to do it with someone else and that it doesn't have to be someone else who's been taking the classes. Just pick someone who won't be super weirded out. That was the actual <laughs> advice. Good advice. And do the exercise with them. You can tell them to close their eyes if they're going to be super weirded out. And then do the velo after to disconnect because you will have orically coupled with them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So you got to break that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cancel. Exactly. Um, also, if you see someone's skull during this, mm-hmm. you are seeing through their flesh. Oh, well, I did see her skull. So there you go. You saw through, you have x-ray vision. I saw right through her. Also, darkness is actually waves of energy. I'm so. looking through you. Where did you go? I thought I knew you. What did I know? So then it was lunchtime. Woohoo, food. So you got some chipotle. I was so hungry. I almost got chipotle. I got the salad. Hmm. And guys, this isn't the way to go. No. Best tacos. Second best bowl. Yeah, I had a bowl today. Third best burrito. I don't even know where to place the salad. Mm. Just don't even bother. You know, you turned me on to the tacos. They are quite... They're crunchy tacos. Get the crunchy ones. so good with sofritas. See. Oh my gosh, so, so good. In sus tacos. Anyway, we went to lunch and it was very good. But you know what else is very good? Quality audio entertainment? I think so. God, I can't get enough of it. I know. Well, it's much like Chipotle that way. And may I offer you uh, 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 this dessert? It's new promo time, James. Ooh, what you got, Aneke? How about this? You need more black friends, Minority Corner, every Friday. Uh, okay, but girl, that doesn't say anything about how we're a podcast that talks about queer issues, race, politics, and pop culture. Now it does, because I've already hit record. Oh, girl, you so sneaky. You be Linda tripping me. Minority Corner. Learn, laugh, and play. All from a perspective that's black, queer, and ladylike. Because nobody puts minorities in the corner. Every Friday. <laughs> mm, mm, that was good. See, I told you. I knew you'd like that. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Actually, speaking of eating, the very first thing we came back to was a little talk about fasting. So we learned some ways that we can really push ourselves to having big revelations in our theorists. One is to fast for three days. Three days. Don't worry. You can have salted water. Great. You can also have juice or tea if you're starving. Yeah, a little salt on the second day. Oh, the second day is hardest. Third day is better. Yeah, we've heard that when we've done other various fasts. Mm-hmm. That seems to be what the body does. It despairs. And during these three days, you might work day. with energies. You might write, be creative in some way. And so then while you're fasting, you can stay in a dark room and be immobile for three hours. Yeah. Two to three feet from the wall. It sounds like you're in trouble. Like you've been put in the corner. Uh, yeah, no, this sounds so, so boring. I would want to listen to a podcast so much. You I d- hope one of you is doing this while listening to the podcast. Right. And you want to have no peripheral distractions. So that's why you're that close to the wall. But if you happen to have an immobilitarium nearby, mm-hmm. you could use that then instead. No problem. And you eventually want to lose your sense of space. And on the third night, once you've done all this and put yourself through this torture of no food, That's a really good time to make your goal for your out-of-body experience to go to your favorite restaurant. Or you can even have your favorite food in your fridge and picture yourself going out of your body to go get it. And this sounds cruel. Can provoke an out-of-body experience. I know. Extreme. 
She told us that inmates have OBEs while they're dreaming of freedom. Yeah. Oh. Carrie has a pained look on her face. <laughs> oh, but also don't do this, she said, if you have chronic illness. Smart. Fair enough. That is a contraindication for not eating for three days. <laughs> then your other option is to not drink anything for just one day. Oh, man. That's another way you can do Terrible. this. Yeah, brutal. And you can have food, but it has to be dry, solid fruit. None of this. Oh, I'm going to have an orange. You're not getting away with that. And then you can do the same kind of thing where you picture water in your fridge. Don't put water on your bedside. It's too much of a temptation. But picture yourself going to get it out of the fridge and pouring yourself a nice tall glass of water. <laughs> and then it'll make it'll make you get out of your body and go get it. I'd like to see her make me do any of these things. Oh, you're right. She can't. Because only you know your life plan. Correct. Then there is also the assisted projection. Mm-hmm. And this is what we are going to do today. Yeah. We're going to invite the helpers to help us come keep an eye on our thosanity. <laughs> and we're going to imagine the thosines that they would have. Sometimes we don't even need to ask the helpers. They know we're trying. So just stay serene and open and passive. And that sounds really easy. Like, oh, cool. I don't have to, like, remember any particular thing. Just stay mm -hmm. open. Because, yeah. again, I feel every time we go into one of these states, I instantly forget everything I'm trying to accomplish. Right, sure. It's harder for me to stay focused. And I can often, while we're doing the velo and stuff, I can get to, like, this bliss state that I also get to in meditation. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, okay, I'll just get there and, like hover there and see what happens because oh, yeah. that's kind of matching the thosine you know of these these helpers who have serenity and affection and existentiality thosenity now <laughs> i wrote that in my notes because i kept thinking oh yeah yeah george costanza's like, dad carry, 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 look carry, at this carry, look, look. <laughs> look what i thought of look thosenity now it's very good it's very good <laughs> <laughs> she also said to think of the nicest person you know and multiply them by a thousand and that's then that's, you're just beginning to understand right. the patience and kindness and helpfulness and assistentiality of, of the helpers. Of the helpers. But when I thought of the nicest person I know, I immediately thought of my friend Jude. Hey, so, Jude. <laughs> so, and she listens to our show. So, ah, so imagine a thousand a times. A thousand Judes. More helpful than Jude. I was thinking of my friend Rajesh because uh, well, he's led me in uh, loving kindness meditation before. Uh -huh. And he just has such a peaceful, helpful quality. So he came to mind as someone who's just really helpful, especially in meditation. Yeah. And so I multiplied him by a thousand. Oh, nice. Now also, a helper may come by and ask you if you're ready to fly. And the proper answer is, yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool. Of course. Of course. Let's go. So the process will be a velo, then an exteriorization, then match the emotion of the helpers, and you're off. Well, let's but do don't it. become impatient. That changes the thosanity and don't listen to thoughts of self-insufficiency. Oh, okay. I won't do that. Okay. From looking at my clock, I thought we were doing this for like two hours. Oh, it, no. It was like but apparently, 45 minutes I, I'm to I'm a crazy hour. person. That's what everyone told me afterward. <laughs> oh, okay. I could have sworn we were doing this for like two hours. It oh, how funny. Long. This was when daylight saving had just come in that day. So I wonder yes. if that screwed you somehow. Daylight saving time, everyone. Mm -hmm. No no S, no daylight savings. But I wonder if that's what meant threw off your... Uh, who knows <laughs> but it didn't feel like very long to me anyway so i guess i was closer to being accurate in my personal sense of time my internal clock so yeah she turned down the lights we all got on our little rolled out yoga mats i had brought an extra warm blanket this time so it's nice and toasty i did bring a blanket i didn't have oh, one good. the previous day and i brought a pillow 
So nice. yeah, I was just on cloud nine. This was really <laughs> comfy. That noise generator totally works for me. Yeah, turn on the white noise machine. And for me, the white noise machine had a really specific effect. Like yeah. I started to hear underneath it the sound of like a radio dial being tuned, you know. You know, that's so from weird. Different stations. Because I was right next to you and I felt completely isolated. What was so weird is I kept thinking to myself, I hear this in my ears. I'm not hearing it in my brain. Like it's hmm. being processed through my ears, hmm. but I also knew it couldn't be. Right. So I kept like hovering in this weird state of unknowing yeah, with the radio thing playing. Fascinating. And that happened a really long time. Okay. Oh, and then she told us to send our energy out and picture the helpers in this room. Mm-hmm. And she said, they're here right now. And for me, the room went all black and then I could see like white outlines of different people around me. But some of them were really tiny and some of them were big. And Everyone was talking about that afterwards and you told me a bit about that too. And I think at this point, I'd already just started doing my own thing. I kind of remember a time where she was talking and I wasn't understanding her words Oh, uh because I was already so kind of deeply into my own thing. So with the velo, I just got really stuck with that velo and following the energy. And instead of just having energy flow up and down my body, I was trying to move my center of consciousness Uh from my head and at first kind of visualize just being underneath my body and moving down. Mm -hmm. And then it started coming more naturally to me. And so I had this experience of kind of floating down and up underneath my body. Mm -hmm. And then I just got stuck at one point under my foot. Like I got to the bottom (laughs) and I was just there looking up at my foot. Like was your head at your foot? Yeah, exactly. Like my eyes were looking up at the heel of my foot from underneath. And I could kind of feel the rest of the room around me. So I was, everything was made out of dark glass. Uh And I was just floating underneath the floor, maybe four or five inches, but I could kind of sense the rest of the glass, dark floor around me in the room. And I was just kind of stuck there, but I was like, this is cool. I like this. That's wild. And I stayed there for a very long time. How real did it feel? I would say like 72% real. Did you see your burnt foot? No, I wasn't at that angle. Before we did this, I put the ointment on it that my doctor gave me because it was itching. Oh. I, I did not want to feel that itching while I was doing this experience because that would totally throw me off. We've explained this, right? Yeah, from firewalking long ago that set in eczema. And so I have this itchy, flaky, irritable foot. It's it's itching right now. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, it makes it hard to run now, which sucks. But anyways... So, yeah, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just hovering underneath my foot, and I was happy. Happy camper. Nice. I did feel like I got out of my body and was... I said that so fluently. I feel like I got out of my body. I didn't feel like I completely disconnected, though, in a sense, because I was still horizontal. Okay. So I was feeling like I was near the ceiling and kind of floating. But at the same time, there was just this acute awareness of, like, Yeah, this is happening, but it's not really happening because you're not standing Mm. up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That's the perennial concern in mm -hmm. these experiences is just contextualizing it. You just can't. You just got to go with it. Right, right. But I kind of like mini blacked out. And then we're we're all right on the cusp of sleep. And that's where this has to happen. Uh huh. And then suddenly pop, I was in the house where I grew up. And I walked in the bedroom and I saw my brother playing video games. And I was like looking around and I can see like can see the windowsill still. But 
at the same time, like I was walking through it and then sometimes I'd be like, wait, am I on my back? But then the thought would kind of leave me. But then I also kept having this thought like, wait, am I doing this wrong? Like my childhood room, that happened. Is that supposed to be part of this? Yeah, that happened in this lifetime. No, no, no. I'm supposed to either go to like a past lifetime or to another dimension. No, no, no. Take me somewhere else. Take me somewhere else. And I was like, oh, I'm just stuck here playing video games. (laughs) But I told this story and Maria said, well, when someone has a memory like that, it's it's really common and it's important to ponder that memory because something might have happened that's meaningful. Okay. Okay. There you go. Keep an eye yeah. on that video game. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's the sort of thing where when you come out of this experience, you're all in this kind of sleepy state. You're smiling at each other benignly with your mm-hmm. eyes half open as you're getting used to the People light People are again. giggling as they realize like, oh shoot, I fell asleep asleep. Right. Oh, hi everybody, did I snore? Hey. The fluorescent lights are picking up their full energy. and So you're in this state and at least for me, I don't want to be the first one to go because like I was eager to talk about being under my foot. Oh, uh-huh. But then there's that weird dream component where you're remembering your past or some other thing. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, no, I remember this moment too. Yeah. And then you're just worried like, oh, I don't want to be the, the weird one who like throws out the strange thing and then other people start telling their stories. And what invariably happens is Maria's okay with everyone's story and finds some way like, oh, that's actually really good. Right. So I had this weird thing that was clearly a dreamlike state where after I'd kind of blacked out... I remember sort of worrying that I needed to pay this toll and everyone in the room needed to pay this toll. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And you and, wanted to be the person who's like, hey, uh, can I pay this for the f- six cars behind me? Well, and there was this picture I kept sensing of three people and they were sort of dimly lit and sort of backlit so you couldn't make out their faces, but they seemed tall and they had long hair. And I felt I knew them. And so I didn't have to pay the toll, but I was like, how is everyone else going to pay the toll? (laughs) And it wasn't to get back to the room or anything specific. It was just that weird dream-like fugue state where this all made sense and was very concerning. Right, right. But then I come back like, oh, that was ridiculous. That sounds like my dreams when I have a fever. Oh, really? I'll just have dreams about like one task. Oh, oh, I have to straighten out this pillow. Oh, oh, I I straighten out this part. Now the other part's folded. Oh, I'll straighten out that part. Oh, the other part's folded. Uh, uh, I'll uh, have that, especially coming out of sleep, like a hypnopompic hallucination. mm -hmm. I'll I'll wrestle over this really weighty thing in my mind. Like, oh, I can't get up because I've got to solve this thing. Right, yeah. And then later on, be like, that's not even a real thing. Right, right. Why was I so upset about that? Anyways, (laughs) so. Dreams, you guys. I was worried about telling this story and then when i did maria was totally down with it she's like oh that's so interesting and everyone was thanking me for wanting to handle their toll (laughs) (laughs) so there are no wrong answers or experiences in this class although it was funny because macaulay shared his experience which was really involved and then maria said so do you think that was like just a dream or more than a dream and he, he had said, like, this really complex thing. And right. I was like, oof. He said a gingerbread man oh, yeah. was taunting him and then would run off. <laughs> and Carrie says, oh, like the gingerbread like, can't catch me. Can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. But he said he was using his third eye to see the gingerbread man. And then he saw a city and he moved toward the city. He ended up in darkness. Then he walked up to a door that said, 
meteors on it. Right. But, but he realized he thought, it's actually eh, mentors. It's supposed to be mentors. That's what they meant to say. <laughs> and then someone came out the door, shook his hand and said, nice to meet you. Good story. Hey, you forgot part of your story. You became a unicorn. When I was telling my story, I, uh, you know, there were other parts of this that I feel pretty confident were just sleep, sleep, because, yeah, I would just suddenly be, I said a unicorn because that was the quickest way I could describe it, but I was basically a pink amoeba that had a unicorn head. Anyway, (laughs) the point is, your brain just shoots stupid shit at you as you're actually falling asleep. (laughs) Oh, gun lady, she was super frustrated. So she used this time to vent. She said, I can't even sleep here. Like if you paid me, if you gave me $100,000, I couldn't sleep here. And I could only hear myself. And I feel like hypnagogy is required for this. So she was aware of the concept. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, I know they went over hypnagogy and hypnopompy early in the classes, but it's just so not focused on. So she was venting here saying... Well, because apparently this isn't working for me. Well, she apparently has really bad insomnia and can't fall asleep without medicine. Mm -hmm. And so and part of me is thinking, well, why is she even here? if She's so frustrated with any of this. But then she was talking about times where she has had out of body experiences. Right. And so she wants to reclaim that. Yeah, so this poor thing at this point, because she's like, I just, do you think it has something to do with me not being able to sleep without pot? And I'm like, yes, like, <laughs> it's 100% that. If you can't fall asleep here, you will get nothing out of this, of course. Yep. But Maria's like, well, <laughs> yep. you know, it's interesting, maybe, but Maria's maybe trying not. to talk her back from the ledge yeah, yeah. and explore various options and angles and possibilities. <laughs> but they did settle on what is good advice, which is, listen, if you already use medical pot to fall asleep, just do these exercises after you vape your pot or whatever. And she's like, okay, I'll try that. And I thought, okay, you'll be off on your way then. All right. Happy trails. The other woman in our class, the older woman, she said that she would kind of waver in her body. She wasn't sure if she was coming or going. All right. Yeah. But with the exception of Gun Lady, everybody had like a pretty legit experience, Mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. But (laughs) it's really nuts when you look back on the last few years and you're like, Okay, we sat and we learned all this vocab for class after class after class. Mm -hmm. The way you get out of your body, it turns out, is to do as little as possible. (laughs) It's like, lay there, don't move. Right. Well, that was just one exercise. So there are many different ways. But that was the one that was the most successful for everyone. And I was like, we did the least. Okay. (laughs) All we did was we were like, a VLO. And then helpers do your thing. And then, yeah, stay in sort of like, for me at least, just stay in this sort of like blissful state. But most important listeners, don't move. If you move even a toe, it's going to pull you right out of it. And just keep being aware of your mental state. And then there was kind of Q&A, and we were running past the time when the class was supposed to be over already. But one of the most interesting things that came up was the concept of a shielded chamber. Yes, immediately makes me think of the Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Uh, So this is an extra physical wall that can block intrusions. Especially in your bedroom or wherever you have sex. Right. And And she she just said sex. She just said it. Well, she also mentioned sex that happens in the energetic realm. And she teased that. And she's like, oh, but that's a different discussion. And we're like, I want to have that discussion. Tell me about it. I was probably still just writing down, I can't believe Maria just said sex. (laughs) She just... That that surprised you, huh? I didn't expect it, yeah. 
just she's not the type to know what sex is. Also, helpers know if you have a predisposition for assistance. You'll come to know if you're supposed to be one of these pentas or something. It'll become obvious to you because the helpers will tell you. And did you know, Maria once helped stop a murder. Oh my goodness, that story. Just a final thought. I wouldn't have even said this. It's not even on the curriculum. But but I was traveling around once and I saw a guy. He had a gun. He was on his way to do something bad and I could sense his malice. He was going to kill somebody. So I stayed with him and I gave him positive energy. And uh, he ended up not killing anybody he he decided to go back what <laughs> this is mind-blowing information she wouldn't have even told us if we hadn't stayed for the q a it just kind of came up like these people are so backward about how they don't understand what anything. their best stories are yeah right? <laughs> this is how you grab people's attention but of course there was no verification of this she doesn't know who it was sure. she described him as some gangbanger yeah like was I the term she, she used. was he was latino i think she said but yeah yeah, no, we have no idea who that was. Uh, we also asked Probably if there's no one. any difference between out-of-body experiences and astral travel, if she would differentiate that. Which we kept meaning to ask. Right. We kept saying, we got to ask that. And, then. and I kept saying, you're going to ask her this? So you did finally ask it. I did, yes. And it's the same thing with a bunch of different names. Astral travel, out-of-body experience, astral projection, and... Unfolding. unfolding. Hmm. Oh. She tossed that off like, oh, we all know these. Unfolding. <laughs> Unfolding is the same. Which seems like a really unhelpful term. It does not make me think of this phenomenon Totally at all. agree. So I'm hereby striking it from the record. No one shall refer <laughs> to out-of-body travel as unfolding. Unfolding. And that was it. Dun, we had dun, completed dun, 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 our CDP program. Dun, dun. Exactly. We are graduates. We are graduates. Is that the button you meant to hit? Well, I hit a bunch of other buttons and they didn't go. So then I picked sci-fi, apparently. Do you have a graduation button? Nope. I have cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know it would be so long. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that would have been great if it ended about five seconds earlier. (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. Okay, good. I'm glad we did the CDP. It took us so long. One of our longest running investigations. Maybe not the longest, but one of the longest. Somehow kind of like going to the DMV or something. Not too much (laughs) of a bother. Not too much of a pleasantry. (laughs) Just you have to really set aside your day to get in there. Uh, Past Ross. I'm sorry. I cannot respond as past Ross. Oh, this it's is very noble loss. of you. I was going to make you play your former self, but no, you're too honest. Got I it. like that. It was a test and you passed. <laughs> All right. You know what else I've always said about you? What's that? You smell great. Do I? Well, thank you. Yeah, well, you sure don't smell bad. Well, I got to say that's really my goal in life is just not to evoke a smell response. <laughs> from anybody if I can help it. It's like good editing. It's good if you don't notice it. <laughs> right. Okay. That's what I go for. Uh, I try to clean behind the ears and, and stay clean. Well, then this service is not for you, <laughs> but Ono Ross and Gary is supported in part by Scentbird. Yeah, we a have a fan- new sponsor. Yeah, they are a fantastic luxury perfume and cologne subscription service. And I'm just kidding about it not being for you, Ross, because you got some and you dug it. Yeah, it's very nice. It comes in these fancy velvet pouches and it's travel size. 
They send us three of them. I assume you can kind of sign up for however much you need, but they all have these uh, sleek designs, very futuristic. You rotate it and the the spray nozzle pops up top. And they all have slightly different colors, so you can tell them apart. And uh, my wife likes it whenever I'm a fancy man. Okay, there so, you go. So I am not a good judge of these things, but I sprayed them on myself. And then I walked into the presence of my wife and said, what do you think? And she's like, oh, that's actually quite nice. Oh, nice. So that is the best recommendation I can give you. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> am I right? So just fourteen ninety five a month, you can get... Your Gucci, your Kate Spade, your Hugo Boss, and more. And it comes in, as Ross said, a sleek travel spray little bottle that gives you 130 sprays. So you can time that out, calculate your average spray per day, mm-hmm. and be done by the end of the month. Then your new scent comes along. Yeah. And start over again. Yeah, you might be spraying a lot, but hey. Did we mention there's over 900 designer brands? I don't think we did. And they're for men and women. So you can get it for uh, anybody you want and for the non-gendered. They like their cologne and their perfumes too. Yes. Everybody loves perfume. Am I right, everybody? I'm right. I got mine as well. And I love it. Here's something people might not know from listening to the show. Love perfume. I love it. So I was very excited about it. That's true. We haven't hooked up our smell-o-vision yet. I was not aware (laughs) that you love perfume. Oh, I do. Yeah, I wear it all the time. I was very excited about this sponsorship. And when it came, I said, this is good stuff. It took me many years to notice that you almost always wear a skirt or dress. Ah, like, oh, I wear yoga pants a lot. Oh, okay. Too. There we go. That's true. But I almost never see you in just regular jeans uh-huh. or shorts. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, you're right. It hit me one day after we'd known each other for years. Like, oh, Carrie's like almost always in a skirt <laughs> or a dress. And did it come up because you're like, Carrie's always getting kicked out of stuff for skirts that are too short. <laughs> no, I think you pointed it out in the context of some conversation. I went, oh, oh, yeah. There you go. Whereas you're almost never wearing a skirt. That's true. You're very observant. We did notice that Carrie did not know my eye color when that came up. Oh, yeah. Now I'm looking for it again. Brown? Yes. Okay. Well, you'd think I could remember that. That's my eye color. Yeah. Well, don't feel bad. Uh, my wife and I, we were, we were dating at the time, and uh, we'd been together for, I, I want to say, a year. And uh, there was something that came up. It was some sort of quiz survey. You, you were supposed to fill out things about your significant other. And it said eye color, and she was stumped. She didn't know my eye color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's a dumb thing to know. Uh, interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I'm always amazed that people know that about people. I definitely knew her eye color. Huh, but, that's so wild. But yeah, she thought my eyes were blue. I've let her live that down. She does not let me live down the fact that before we were even dating, she was just a cute girl on the bus I was trying to get the attention of on our mm-hmm. DC trip, sat next to her, and I mentioned, your jacket smells like cat litter. <laughs> <laughs> and... I think it was the jacket, or maybe I just said you do, but, I, you know, I, I, okay, I don't know what I was thinking, but it was something along the lines of fresh cat litter. I, I wasn't thinking of it being, like, gross. It wasn't a gross smell. It's just, oh, I recognize that smell. And her her dad had over 20 cats in his house at any given oh, time. yeah. It did actually smell like cat litter. Uh. I wasn't making this up. She was so offended, and she still, to this day, <laughs> picks on me all the time. I can't believe I married you. You told me I smell like cat litter. 
Yeah, but, I'm with Kara on that one. It was, you know, whatever she would have smelled like, it would be a great smell because it's Kara. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, affinity. you should be happy that it was litter and not cat poop. Right, yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't think of it as a bad thing at all. It just seemed like a casual observation. <laughs> she was highly offended. I really had to talk myself out of that one. And still to this day, a good 18 plus years later, I still have to talk myself out of that one regularly. Oh my goodness, well. But you want to smell better than cat litter? You, I think you do. You should get Scentbird. You want Scentbird. That's right, we're doing an ad. So visit Scentbird, and that's not like a red penny, not that kind of scent. No, 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 no. And it's no, not no, like no. an email that you've delivered. It's not it's that kind scent. of scent. This is a scent that you yes, smell. Yes, S-C-E-N-T, bird. B-I-R-D dot com slash Oh, oh no. no! And you have to say that as you type it in. Oh no! Exactly. You can use our code, oh no! For 50% off, you guys. That's only $7.50 for your first month and free shipping. No shit. That's pretty good. Yeah. So go to scentbird.com slash oh no! And use the code, oh no! For 50% off your first month. Oh no! <laughs> I guess we ought to rate this thing. Yeah. We, we may go back for odds and ends and various classes in the future, but we have done the CDP program. Yeah. So, Carrie, it's been a while. Why. My God. Since we've okay. rated anything. Okay. On a, And this is not on astral travel itself. This, this is, is on for the CDP, IAC, CDP. From the IAC. Of, with the OBEs. <laughs> Just FYI. So, on a pseudoscience scale, where one is something not at all pseudoscientific, a well-established scientific theory that is upheld by evidence like anthropogenic global climate change we humans have contributed mm -hmm. with 38 billion tons of carbon emitted mm -hmm. into the sky that that does something yeah this is something you couldn't even argue with that's at this a point. one 10 is something very pseudosciencey like we pump 38 billion tons of goat sperm into the atmosphere every year. <laughs> oh, my God. That's absurd. You'd think uh, we would have heard of that. Yeah. This, there's no way that's true. Okay. Um, this is tough. My rule is usually, okay, is it both nonsensey and borrowing the language of science? And I feel like this does do that. But I also feel like they make a little better of an effort than a lot of other places right, right. to follow some observation rules. Still not very good ones. So I think I'd give it a good seven. Yeah, there's a lot of lip service paid to experimentation, mm -hmm. but you... Questioning. Right, question everything. That's part mm -hmm. of their big phrase, be lucid, question everything. I think when we were talking with Neil, he mm -hmm. had a lot of great ideas and kind of resonated with us on the scientific method, but I feel they've bought into a lot of ideas that aren't quite scientific. Yeah. And borrowing the phrasing using things like evolutionary and mm -hmm. just the terms in general. Yeah, definitely pseudoscience component. I'll say 6.5. I'll slightly okay. under, undercut you there. All right, fair but enough. definitely in that range. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, what about creepiness on a scale of 1 to 10? Where 1 is something that's just, it's not creepy. Like you go hiking with your son, Andrew, oh. and you bring little packets of uh, chili mm -hmm. and you make a little fire and together you sing songs, jars of clay songs, and you sleep under the stars with your new dog. I'm not sure about the chili thing, but okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not oh, creepy. Oh, do you not like chili? What kind of chili are we talking about? Oh, like a, a vegan like corn. beans and chili. Oh, yeah, okay. Corn and beans. And I, for some reason, I was picturing like a, a like a jalapeno or something. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. No, we can I'm, leave that out. I'm a big fan of chili. Okay. Oh, okay. Phew. Good with the chili. Good because I make that every year at my birthday. I'm glad you don't. Whew. Okay. 
So that's a one. I like and it. And then a 10 is something super creepy. Like no. you go into the woods with your son, Andrew, mm-hmm. and you say, you know, Andrew, it's important to see the forest for the trees. And he's like, oh, ha, ha, oh, dad. But then slowly the sun goes down oh. and the oak trees slowly turn toward you. Oh, and the and one near you says, do you see us now? <laughs> oh, no. That's a 10. (laughs) There's definitely a creepiness component here because we're imagining all these places that we're going and other realms and Mm -hmm. alternative universes and realities where people are stuck in the 1800s. That was one of the things. And there are intruders and you need to protect against intrusion. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when she was talking about sex at the end, it almost sounded like there was sex to be had in the energetic realm. Oh, right. I wonder if that's like a Queen Mab kind of thing. And that there might even be uh, issues of consensuality and like protecting yourself again. Yeah. Jeez. Like, yeah. So that really sounds like a Queen Mab the, situation. The, the way she was talking about it, I definitely there is a, right, the the incubus, the succubus, I, I think that fits well. But they didn't get into that. But I feel right. like that must be within their thinking. So I'm going to say solid five. Yeah, I get you. I get you. And I want to intellectually be there with you, but I just don't feel emotionally creeped out by it. With the, by the it. sterile settings of the yeah. Yeah. fluorescent room uh-huh. off of Sepulveda Boulevard. You could make all the same teachings very creepy, but they just opted out. <laughs> they said, nope. <laughs> We're going to make this like an SAT prep classroom. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because that's true. Yeah, right? That's so funny. Yeah, you're like you're getting your... Uh, driver's education to get out of a ticket or something (laughs) exactly that's the kind of class you show up to and they're telling you about going out of your body and calling it all these weird polysyllabic words but it's somehow not creepy i'm gonna give it a two oh wow okay yeah i think they could have easily made it creepier but for sure i i do feel like if you follow these ideas you'll end up in some creepy places yeah it's rational what would you give this on a danger rating where one is something uh, not very dangerous you Turn on a light in your apartment just to see where you're going because it's nighttime and you want to get a glass of water. Okay, I've done that. Then you turn it off and you go back to bed. Mm -hmm. Whereas a 10 is something very dangerous. Mm -hmm. You put on a blindfold Mm -hmm. and you throw out a bunch of marbles onto the floor and you're like, I'm just going to go by faith. And you walk through your living room. It's like our version of snake handling. And you might die. Okay, yeah. Instead of getting your water. Oh, bad. And broken glass. I just realized it, it wasn't. Oh, there's also broken glass. Yeah, some okay. of the marbles are broken. <laughs> okay. Wow, that really is a ton. I don't think I'm persuaded that there's anything dangerous in this as far as we got anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one. I'm with you. I think <laughs> they had all the makings of a weird little religious cult Mm -hmm. and they just didn't execute on that yeah they they wanted part of it but not all of it they went through the cult catalog and they said all right we'll take the language (laughs) and we'll take the weird theology but i know we we don't need the controlling or Eh. demand a bunch of money let's only offer these courses once every two or three months yeah and as people leave, no hero worship. Just be right. like, okay, bye. If we see you again, cool. Yeah, I'm with you. One. Now, if anybody is listening to this and has been a part of this group and says, oh, I object, then write to us. Let us know. 
Well, what about a pocket drainer value? Okay. Where one is something that's just not pocket draining, okay. right? Like buying this copy of Birds and Blooms I have on the table here, which was zero dollars because my dad sends me the subscription. <laughs> okay. Or ten is something super expensive. Like you go to get your Birds and Blooms. And since only like 14 old people read it, mm-hmm. they're like, we could take advantage of you. A subscription is $3,000 a year. Oh, jeez. Yeah, right? It's not it's worth not it at all. It's like $9.95. Okay, so for these classes, for the fact that you're there for two days and you're paying 130 bucks, it's like $10 an hour-ish. It didn't feel exorbitant to me. So I'm going to say two. Yeah. I'm, it wasn't free. Right. I did pay a $15 extra fee when I bought my CDP for late, but that's on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on you, as what's-her-name would say from the Ozark Julie. Mountain UFO conference. Julie, yeah, and her mom was... Dorothy, no, Dolores Cannon. Cannon. Julie Cannon. Yeah. Julia Cannon. Julia Cannon, that's it. Oh, guys, our lives are just blending into <laughs> itself now. <laughs> so what are we saying? Oh, what's so this I, about now? I just rated it as a two on the pocket drainer. I agree on your pocket drainer value. Ross is it. Hey, look, we're all in lockstep now. It is Ross. Yeah, I mean, it's not a cheap thing to pay for for a lot of people to, mm-hmm. to cough up 130 bucks, but for what you're getting and the time that's going into it, it's yeah, cheap. Yeah, and there weren't any big cash grabs. No. They weren't trying to get extra donations. Not even trying to like sell the books on the shelf that you could buy. <laughs> right, yeah, they were making it almost inconvenient to buy the books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I cannot accuse them of. So, uh, any favorite moments in all of our CDP time? God. This is particularly tough just because it spans many years. Yeah, right? Or maybe it's easier. What stands out to you after all that time? Nothing. It's (laughs) it's just a bunch of vocab. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always liked when it broke for lunch and we'd go and we'd get either chipotle or vegan ice cream which reminds me did you have a hot drinks rating on this oh yeah i think it's a thumbs down because you know what actually it is a thumbs down because they have a water thingy in their classroom right. that has a red tab and a blue tab and i was like "Ooh, hey maybe i'll get some hot water and then it turned out both are cold okay get out of here with that thumbs down, thumbs down. from exactly. carrie okay Favorite moment for me, I think, would be somewhere between the woman who once said physics. That's just a theory. <laughs> right. Uh, another the, the audience member questions, you know, can really spice up a class, yeah. you know, especially the gun comment in our latest. Oh, yeah, CDP. that was a good one. Too. Uh, but I also have a real fond spot for Neil. I thought he was oh, a great yeah. instructor and I enjoyed his talks as well. Yeah, he's cool. I think that's it. Oh, my God. Is that it? We did it. Oh, my God. We recorded CDP. You guys don't understand how long this has been going on. We record episodes, and then they just sit around, and we're like, well, we can't do anything with it. I hope those early ones are good. Me too. (laughs) I don't even stand by them. I don't know. I was a different person then. It was almost... Two years ago. This is funny. Like, I think you're the same way. I never go back and listen to our old I'm episodes. To. Me too. I have though. Like, I needed for a project. I needed to listen to the Tony Alamo episodes. On the rare occasions I've had to, then I'll actually enjoy the show. And I'll be That's like, this, what this is really funny. So I, I pulled up Tony Alamo and this I listened, and I was like, I listened to this. <laughs> This is good. Hey. But you have no idea how fearful we are of hearing our own voices describing these things, that we're going to yeah. get things wrong. Yep. Or, and we do. 
it's going to sound awful or something. Yeah. Thank so. you for sticking with us. So now you know how we feel. Anyways, thank you for sticking it out for CDP. Likewise. And, and oh, I thought you were thanking me. No, thank you. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Likewise. Well, I was thanking our audience, but thank you as well. Yeah, this likewise. has been this has been a good journey as always. And this really shows our stick to itiveness. <laughs> In the in the wise words of uh, George W. Bush. Uh, well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is one Mr. Ian Kramer. And this episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. You can support us and what we do at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And you can also find pictures, especially of slides in these classes, at Facebook.com forward slash ONRAC, O-N-R-A-C. But if you like your messages shorter... And more concise, you can go to Twitter yeah. and follow Oh No Podcast. Where I was tempted to tweet, oh, we just found out there's no God when we were at CDP4. And yeah. then I felt like it would be not interpreted as an investigation. Just right. us being like, we have announced. Probably so. because no one would hear this episode until three right. months later. Right. Who knows? So... I didn't tweet it. Fair enough. Anyway, you can go to twitter.com forward slash Ono podcast. And be sure to tell your friends, spread the word, let people know you like Ono, Ross, and Carrie. And so should they, you could leave a review on iTunes. You could leave a review on TripAdvisor. You could, especially if it's about our ayahuasca episodes. (laughs) Ayo. Ayahuasca. You can tell your helpers about the show. Maybe they can listen. Mm-hmm. Get a and ghost downloads. You can tell the helpers of the helpers as well, also known as evolutionologists. You can also tell. <laughs> oh no, she's looking. The if you see any evolution. Oh god, I don't remember. Evolutionary mentor. You can also tell the evolutionary mentors. Or tell a Serenissimus. No, you made me do it. I was going to say, if you happen to meet a Serenissimus, that's how she said it, uh, you can tell them. Just make sure you preserve their anonymity. (laughs) Definitely. Or we'll all go back to the Dark Ages. (laughs) And remember. The projective catalepsy sometimes is called of the sleeping paralysis. And this is this moment when we wake up many times in the morning or in the middle of the night and we feel that we cannot move our physical body we are completely rigid what is happening on that moment is really that we are much more disconnected much more outside the body than inside the body Hey Biz, have you seen any good movies lately? Hey Teresa, does Curious George's Boo Fest count? It doesn't. Mm. Well, I blame my current life situation that has small children that need things. God, I love them, and I miss knowing about stuff. (laughs) Well, after catching up on the current cultural offerings on podcasts that provide such information, (laughs) join us on One Bad Mother as we help explore the harsh realities of sweeping self-identity changes as we try to find ourselves between our pre- and post-kid selves. I used to like all the things. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org or Apple Podcasts. And yes, there will be swears. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.